everyone, I wanted to tell you about two companies that help support the show. One, of course, is Podbean, podbean.com forward slash VR. That's going to give you a 30-day free account on me to check it out, try it out, see if you like podcasting, see if it's what you want to do. Podbean.com forward slash VR. And the other company is Videoblocks. Videoblocks is a great company for like stock footage, uh, podcast sound effects, video backgrounds for your website. I'll talk to you guys about both of those at the end of the show. Hey everyone, this is Vernon Ross and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. And guys, I've got a treat for you today. You know, we often talk about blogging and social media and digital marketing and just about everything to do with your small business or starting a business, or if you're working for an agency or your coach or a bunch of different, you know, things that you all do in, in this audience. But, you know, I've been wanting to focus on how you actually build a business, how you transition from working for someone else to starting your own thing. And often it starts with either blogging or podcasting or a combination of all of them. So my next guest, Lauren, has done that exact same thing. She's been blogging for about five years, but she's been on her own for the past couple. And she's doing her thing full time. She's got a, a website that talks about finances and your career and money. And she's got all kinds of stuff that is just amazing. I think you guys are going to learn a lot from us. So Lauren, welcome to the show. Oh, hi. Thank you for having me. So how did you get into blogging to begin with? Well, it's actually a pretty fun story. Uh, I moved back home after two years in New York City. I'd been an actor and I'd worked at a hedge fund to pay the bills, which is where my interest in finance came from. And I moved home and I was in the middle of, you know, the typical millennial quarter life crisis. And I didn't, I didn't, I was unemployed. I was living with my parents. I didn't have a clue. They were kind of pushing me to go back to school. I didn't want to do that. And so my mom hands me this article. I remember it was USA Today and it was an article titled how millennials can keep their skills sharp while they're unemployed. And one of those was starting a blog. And so I thought I've always loved writing. I was always the weird kid, like scribbling in journals and writing plays and, <laughs> and stories. And I was like, I could, I could start a blog. I like writing. I don't hate it. And so I decided to start a personal finance blog and I, I really took to it. I, I loved the strategy of it. I loved connecting with people. It made every day exciting and I was unemployed, so I had eight hours a day to devote to it. So <laughs> I was able to sort of learn very quickly, and it became my pet project. And then I, I still needed a job. I wanted to get out of my parents' house, and I was in Atlanta at the time, and I was able to talk a CEO of a company into letting me run his blog and social media. And this was after about two months after I'd started my own, because uh, right in 2012 was when blogging and social media kind of really became the hot thing for marketing, mm -hmm. like, like kind of more of a must have. Right. And, um, from there I worked a career in marketing and my blog took off and I was kind of doing them both the blog on the side. And then finally the blog got so big, I, I left my full-time job to focus on it and haven't looked back. Now that is that is quite a story. And you glossed over a couple things I think are really <laughs> significant. <laughs> you just said it like, oh, well, you know, I just did this. And, you know, I did that. And, okay, this <laughs> happened. And, you know, it just happened. Yeah, no, 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 I'm just kidding you. But you said, okay, so I convinced a CEO to let me do his blog. How, how did that even happen? Well, uh, 
it wasn't so much of a convince. It was sort of like an, a happy accident because I went in to apply for uh, an executive assistant. He was looking for an assistant. And I was interviewing him. And he was one of those typical like startup CEOs that was like, tell me what you're passionate about. Like, what makes you get up? You know, what are you happy about when you get up in the morning? Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I just started this blog. And and here's my Twitter followers. And I love being on Twitter. And, and I love writing. And I I realized after I left, I'd spent the hour talking about my blog and what I was doing with it. And I didn't sell any of my qualifications or anything like that. And obviously I didn't get that job. But then three weeks later, uh, he found me on LinkedIn and said, Hey, I've been thinking about you. We're going to create this marketing role. And I think you're the person for it. And, um, it was, it was a great moment. Uh, so I wouldn't say convinced, but I mean, I had to go in and convince him on my, my skills once I got in the job, but yeah. No, I would definitely say convinced you, uh, you sold your passion and I think, I think it's significant that you said when you went in, you were interviewing him Mm -hmm. because I mean, you know, you were going for a job, but I mean, you really needed to get to know the person that you were talking to. And I think when people approach, you know, the whole job thing, they don't think about it that way. So that, that says a lot about where your mindset is and was, you know, at the time. So no, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm so thankful because otherwise I'm not sure how the rest of it would have turned out. You know, it's just one of those opportunities, like once, you know, saying once in a lifetime says, sounds cliche, but I mean, it really helped me learn more about blogging and kept me from having to go back to school to change careers. And, uh, I was very grateful for that opportunity. That's, that's cool. What'd you get your degree in? A theater degree. Oh, really? I wanted, yeah, I wanted to be an actor. That's why I moved to New York city and, and I got up there and, and this is part of my financial story on my blog, but I had a big shopping addiction in college. Mm -hmm. So I graduated with a lot of credit card debt. And so I moved to New York city and I had $300, like no savings. I moved up there with (laughs) like two suitcases and I was sleeping on couch at my friend's couches. Uh, and I realized very quickly that if I wanted to stay in New York, I had to get a job, not just a gig job, but like a salary position with benefits in order to take care of this credit card debt. And so, uh, it was a big lesson for me because all my friends were going to auditions and classes and maybe working at Starbucks or restaurants and really pursuing the like actor dream. And I was at a hedge fund at the front desk, you know, answering phones and, (laughs) and working 12 hours a day because I couldn't leave until everyone else left. And I realized that money is very important skill and learning how to manage it is so essential. And so that became sort of the origin story of my blog and and why I'm so passionate about that. Right now. So how did you pay off $10,000 in college debt at around 24 years of age? So I I had a salary job and then I just learned how to budget in New York city. I was, you know, living like I only had $300 (laughs) in my pocket. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, and just being very strict with it, but luckily uh, I've, I've said this on some podcasts before at that time, it didn't feel like as big of a deal to budget because we were me and my friends, we were all so poor. So it wasn't like anyone was trying to live that lifestyle. You know, I mean, I feel like everything we did was, was free or we pursued those free activities, you know? Right. Now, how would you say that that experience has helped you with uh, building your, your business? That's a great question. I think it was the very first time that I learned if you want to achieve something or a goal, it's essential to break it down bite by bite. And that's a very important lesson that um, goals don't happen immediately. They don't happen overnight, that it takes consistent work 
Right, because, I mean, you, you go to college for acting. You mm -hmm. go to New York to be an actor, and somehow you end up writing a financial blog. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, life doesn't always turn out exactly the way you necessarily plan. Of course, it's not over. So you still may end up in a movie somewhere. But um, I think it's interesting that you were able to pivot and pivot in a way that still complemented the things that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Well, that's marketing. Right. Like I, I was able to do that through marketing. So from the first job that you got, that whole you know, digital strategist job or marketing job, how'd you, what'd you do to go to the next thing that led to you finally saying, you know what, I think I need to go ahead and do this full time. It took about three years of running the blog. And thankfully at the time I was working in a very symbiotic job. So I was working in marketing and I was blogging and I was learning so much about each that I could take them both into, so I was learning a lot about marketing at my job through webinars and just meeting with people that I took back to my blog. And then I was learning a lot for my blog that I was able to use for my job. And mm -hmm. so through that, I was able to get better at my job and then also grow the blog itself. I think what really led to me taking it to the next level was just feeling like I was ready for something more, um, about realizing that, you know, marketing for a company is really nice, but you don't have as much creative control as you would maybe like. Right. And then just, I, I always feel like I'm the type of person that takes big risks. You know, I moved to New York with $300. Um, and I always regret the things that I didn't do. And I knew that if I didn't try this, then I'd regret it forever. So I saved up my money and I got enough freelance clients to kind of pad my, my income until the blog could sustain itself and, and took off. Yeah, I think that's key. So, you know, I think a, a lot of people and, you know, I've struggled with this and I know a lot of other people have struggled with it. So when you're, tr when you're trying to transition, you want to, you, you know, you want to get out of corporate and you, you know, you want to quit your job. And you say that you got enough freelance clients to, you know, pretty much sustain yourself until the blog really took off. Now, of course, there's always a chance that it won't, but I think the getting the freelance clients part, is where we should focus because when people talk about money and uh, you talk a lot about money on your, you know, on your website and you've got some stuff to help people, you know, millennials and you've, you know, written a book about buying your first house. I think you were 26 years old, which is amazing. Um, that's not what I was doing when I was 26, <laughs> <laughs> but how did you get like your first couple of clients in, in your digital marketing in your consulting business? Right. So, I don't want to make this sound easy, but it really, a lot of my first clients came from my own network, mm -hmm. but it was about being proactive. So again, I had the goal. I was like, I want to start working for myself. I want to see what I can do. I want to have more time to devote to the blog. And so I got motivated to start kind of shaking the branches of my network and being like, Hey, who needs freelance writing work? Who needs digital strategy work? Um, and because I was in a, you know, I worked for a lot of startups, I knew a lot of startup companies who maybe couldn't afford to hire a full-time marketing person, but who definitely needed marketing help. That's how I was able to position myself as sort of a freelance marketing strategist. And from there, once you have, it's not easy, but once you have, it's, what's that saying that it's always hardest to get the first client because yeah, then exactly. that first, that first press hit, because then you can use that and leverage it and say, Hey, I'm working for so-and-so and this is what I'm doing. And here's some of the work I've done and just further prove yourself. And so then it all kind of becomes, it builds on itself. Right. So 
like what did your first pitch sound like when you actually were sitting in front of the client? I always think that's that's interesting. Well, I'm part if of the generation that does everything digital, so it was right? it was it was an email. It was like, "Hi, so and so." Right. We we met at this event. Uh, I'm Lauren Bowling. This is my website, but I'm currently, you know, freelancing for X client, X client, X client, helping them, you know, do you need some help with your business. And then sometimes I'd get really bold and say, Hey, I saw your website and it could use a little work (laughs) or like, or like, you know, I noticed a few tweaks, you know, are you in the market for some marketing help? Just something simple like that. And, um, I mean, it certainly wasn't polished. I was very much flying by the seat of my pants. Um, but it it worked out. No, I think that's good because it shows people that, you know, you don't have to have like a full agency before you start doing something. And I think a lot of people miss that, you know, mm-hmm. it's um, it's not that hard to literally go through your LinkedIn network, start at A and start calling people or start sending them emails and saying, hey, I'm doing this thing or I'm starting this thing. Would you be in the market for it? And because I'm just starting out, maybe, you know, give them a lower price. Exactly. I mean, I also posted on my personal Facebook, which can be a little humbling to like ask for work on Facebook. But it, I was just honest. I was like, hey, I'm starting my own business. I'm looking for clients. If you know of anybody who needs help, you know, please send them my way. And I got one client, you know, a short term project that way. So, I mean, it that could work, too. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. So, like when you're taking someone through a course. Mm hmm. Because you have a course on your site, um, I was looking at it's the Beginner Blog Accelerator. Yes, and it's going to teach you basically in sixty days how to start, how to get going, what the important things are. There's a bunch of modules. Looks like an amazing course. Um, what's one of the first things you would tell somebody about, you know, how to actually launch a blog? Because a lot of people think it's complicated. I was. It's funny. I was actually talking to my daughter this weekend. And they had to launch a portfolio site for um, a class that she was taking about um, something in the media or writing in the media or something like that. So she was like, yeah, I was trying to get this thing set up and do the domain forwarding. And oh, it was complicated and I couldn't figure it out. So when you get that, what do you what do you tell people when they start thinking about I want to start a blog, but I think it's too complicated. Right. So I, I don't think it's complicated. Um but I think it takes a certain approach to make it less overwhelming. And that approach involves a lot of curiosity. I think today we're used to having things be very easy, very instant, very digital. And I like to compare running a website to having sort of a living, breathing plant in your home. Like you have to tend it. You have to kind of learn how much water it needs, how much sunlight, um, a blog's like that, oh, or you could liken it to learning a digital, a new language. Um, but that makes it sound a little bit more complicated. Um, so I think people have to come in and say, okay, I'm committed. I want to learn this and I'm going to do what it takes to really learn. I think people get very frustrated with the technology, but really if you kind of just learn how to Google and commit to Googling it, you can find out anything you want to know on the internet. Um, exactly. (laughs) And, and so my course is kind of a shortcut for that. It's like, if you don't want to Google, if you just want to know the answers, here's this. 
Um, but for a lot of people starting out, they don't want to invest. So I say like, be really curious. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people don't want to make the investment in themselves starting out? Because it's really what it is, right? Right. Uh, I think, you know, this is just my personal opinion. I think with everything going on, we live kind of in uncertain times, maybe a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I think that makes people, it's sad, but I think it makes people want to dream less and maybe be less likely to invest in, in doing something new or maybe something a little bit risky or kind of feel discouraged in general. Um, that's my opinion. No, I, I agree. I think, um, one of the things that I've, I've heard and it's, I mean, I'm not quoting it exactly, but there's never a bad investment that you make in your own personal growth. Mm-hmm. And if you look at every opportunity as something that moves you more and more towards personal growth, okay, if you st- try to start a blog and it's not successful or you try to do anything and it's not successful, you learn from it and you move on and it was, it, it's a personal growth experience. It's not a failure. Right. It's such a mentality thing because I've sold the course and I have a Facebook group for it and people can log in and and talk to me and talk to each other. And a lot of it is they're scared to start blogs because they're like, there are so many blogs now. Um, And five years ago when I started, that wasn't so much the case. And so they're like, oh, I want to start this blog, but there's always already one like it Mm -hmm. or it's never going to be good enough. And so I think and social media plays into that. You know, they log on and they see all these people doing big things and they, they feel like they couldn't even compete, even if they had like all the best resources. Um, but I tell them, I'm like, it's the internet. Like it's, it's all out there. Like There are probably like 500 blogs, like the ones you want to create, but because it's you and, and I really teach people to create blogs that are very much tied into their story. Like mine is only you can tell that story and only you can bring that certain something to this blog. So it's going to be different. And so I try to teach that so that they're not so intimidated by the initial startup. What's the, the most common question you get that you answer like a million times a day in your Facebook group? Probably what to name my blog. Well, cause in like the name has to be the domain name. And if you, you want to change it down the road, it's not that hard, but it's kind of a hassle. You're like, Oh, I got to buy a new domain and, and reroute the website. And so I think people really get hung up on getting the, the name just right, but you know, it can be done. Have <laughs> I, you seen I prevent people from starting? Uh, yeah, I think it, it slows people down for sure. They, they do so well. Like the first, the first section of the course is about branding and kind of honing in on your brand and they get through that. And then they get to the part where it's time to take their ideas for the branding and, and create a name and like a set of values and a target customer, target reader. And, uh, the name really trips people up, but often, so they'll, they'll come in the Facebook group and they'll put out a name and they'll bounce it around. And often people really like their first instinct of what mm-hmm. to name their block. Like very rarely does someone go uh, with their second choice. So right. no, that's interesting. It so, is. That's funny. So, you know, talking a little bit about, um, because all of this starting a business, doing anything online, it does require a bit of an investment. So how do you get your financial space in order as far as, you know, how do you track your expenses as far as blogging is concerned? And do you have to spend any money doing it? Because the the other question I get all the time is, well, can I do it for free? And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I think to a certain point you can do a little bit, but I don't 
think you can be serious about it and actually have a free site. Would you agree with that? I would agree. I think if you're thinking about blogging seriously, you have to get your own self-hosted blog. So there's the hosting costs and the domain name costs, even for the first year. And that's probably going to run you about 60 bucks. Um, if you want a professional looking header or a super sweet theme that you buy off the internet, those are costs. Um, typically I'm seeing people spend probably right around $200 to get just like the bare essentials up and running. Mm -hmm. And I, I'll just, I'll be honest. I spend about $1,100 running my blog each month. That's between my mailing list. And I have a couple of plugins that I pay for and, um, Facebook ads. So, you know, if you get bigger and more successful, you'll incur more costs. Right. Of course. So Facebook ads, how often do you run Facebook ads and what's your budget look like? Generally only when I'm promoting something. So right now I'm promoting the course and I've spent around two or $300 on Facebook ads for that. We're in launch weeks. So this is the first week that all of it's been available. But then from there, I, I typically do it sparingly. I still haven't, I'm not an expert. I haven't kind of cracked that magic Facebook code. I'm actually considering buying a Facebook ads course, if you know of a good one. <laughs> I do actually, actually, um, I had a, I had a guest on, her name is Marjan and, um, she's brilliant <laughs> doing Facebook. Yeah. So y'all have to hook you guys up. Speaking of Facebook and investing in, in ads, I saw th something that was on your blog that was really interesting. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about this, but first I kind of want to preface it. So if you, if you, ever been in a bank, you know, guys listening, and you've seen a big like pile of money. And imagine someone handed you this money and you're at home and you just happen to be in the bathroom. It's sitting on the counter on the back of the toilet and you knock it over and it gets flushed down the toilet. <laughs> and you had a, a blog post that just caught my attention and it says, have you ever flushed $6,000 down the toilet? And I'm like, man, how would that feel if I flushed a big old stack of money down the toilet? So tell me about that. I'm trying, I'm curious. Well, I didn't actually flush money down the toilet and I don't recommend anyone keep money in their bathroom, but yeah, it was, recommendation. <laughs> it was referring to, so I'm, I just recently hit my two year anniversary of self-employment and I thought I'd detail some of my bigger mistakes being, you know, what's called a solopreneur in the last two years. And one of those, I, so we were talking before the show about how I rebranded my site in December and I got very excited. I, I'd been thinking about this rebrand for a long time. And so I found someone to redo the site and, and do the rebrand, like actually come up with a new logo and colors and things and cost about $6,000. And I, I think I debuted the site in mid December and then by mid-March, I'd gotten so many complaints about how hard it was to find content on the site and just how kind of not user-friendly it was Ooh. that I just went and bought a $60 theme off Etsy <laughs> and threw that up there because I was so frustrated. Um, and like my time on site had gone down. So I knew that other people who were reading the site were frustrated too. So basically that $6,000 investment I made on this beautiful new website um, was null and void because it didn't work. Not really. I mean, it didn't really suit my readers purposes. So that was a big lesson was like, don't get caught up in making something the best or, you know, spending more money doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be <laughs> right. the biggest and best thing ever. You kind of have to 
um, I keep, I've been thinking on this a lot since I, I wrote that about how I could have done it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, not spending $6,000 probably was a great place to start. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think that's so, that's so valuable yeah. though, because people, they, they think, Oh my God, I've got to spend thousands of dollars to get a really good looking website that's functional and that's going to do everything mm-hmm. I needed to do. And I'm looking at your website and I'm like, damn, this is actually a pretty, this is a really good website. I wonder who she had do it. <laughs> Thank you. I did it. There you go. <laughs> I um, just bought a theme and I, I know a little bit about customization and I, I have a developer who did just a few tweaks, but, and I've done all my websites that way prior to the rebrand mm-hmm. and I prefer it because then I kind of know how it works and I don't have to constantly ask someone for help. And I don't know why I didn't do that this time around, but. Lesson, you, you lesson live, learned. Live and you learn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that that's the kind of stuff that's valuable for people because they want to know, well, this site looks perfect and she's, you know, a successful person and it's been easy for her. I, I know it hasn't been easy, but it hasn't been extremely hard because you've done a lot of stuff and a lot of work to get to this point. Oh, it's been, it's been incredibly hard. Maybe not so much from a like business struggle perspective, but certainly being a solopreneur has taken an emotional toll that I wasn't prepared for. And so I was, I've been struggling through that for the last two years and just kind of, I don't know if you feel this way, but it's like a lot of times I feel like I'm just free floating in space Mm -hmm. and, um, having to learn how to motivate yourself and create your own structure and, invoice clients. I mean, I I had a theater degree. I didn't have a business degree. Everything I've learned, I've learned on my own and through trial and error. And so that that's been hard, like the learning curve of it. Um, even though I've been very fortunate to have a successful website. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think being an entrepreneur is one of the hardest things in the whole world. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, something that's uh, really significant, a couple things I want to point out. Um, Atlanta's 30 under 30 in, uh, was it, is media or something? I, I, I'm not looking at yep. it, but I remember you got an award like last year, right? I did. It was very exciting um, to be one of Atlanta's 30 under 30 last year. Now I'm 30, so it's like, well, got that in just under the gun, right. but. Box checked. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can never go back to that. I never got a 30 under 30 anything. So no, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, thank you. And of course, you were a Plutus Award winner. I believe I was at that FinCon. Was that the one in New Orleans? It was. Yeah, so I was there. Yep. Yes, I was very excited um, to win a Plutus Award. It was a big deal. No, it is a big deal. For you guys that don't know, the Financial Bloggers Conference, I talk about FinCon all the time. Um, Lauren is, of course, one of the FinCon family folks. And uh, I don't know that we've ever met in person, but I'll remedy that this year when I'm at FinCon. <laughs> of course, I didn't go last year, so I'd love to meet you this year. Yeah, see, so I, a lot of people was like, oh, you know, I didn't go last year. I'm like, come on, I didn't go to Denver. And I felt like I missed a whole bunch in Denver. So <laughs> I did yeah. go to New Orleans and that was fun. So, it was, it was. No, that's, that is, that is funny. But no, I, I think there's a lot of good information. Um, I, I like the fact that even though you're a finance person from, you know, background perspective, that's, that's, that's not all you focus on. No. Um, so previously before my site became financial best life, it was LB and the money tree. And it was sort of like a diary of my finances and my financial mistakes and all these things I was learning about money and all the things I'd learned about money, you know, living in New York and, and working, you know, um, for a hedge fund and 
being in debt and having a shopping addiction. And as my journey kind of progressed towards one of self-employment, that's, that kind of dominated the story. And so when you're running a blog for five years, you need new content. So of course I'm going to write about my journey, you know, as a solopreneur. And, and so the blog has, it's still about finance. Obviously it's called financial best life, but the theme of it is very much now, like how can we create these, um, digital businesses? Um, especially my, my readership is primarily women and a lot of women want to create their own economy, you know, for various reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's very much the story now is, is how do you mind your money? But then also, how do you make more money? How do you become your own boss? No, that's, I, I think that's really valuable. So other than your site, what, what are your like income streams? Because if people hear about it all the time, oh, build multiple income streams. And I think a lot of the times people just don't know what that means. And I think it means mm-hmm. something different to everybody. So what what things do you do to you know build your your empire sure so the blog itself earns money in a lot of different ways it's through affiliates it's through sponsored campaigns i've been very fortunate to work with a lot of the bigger financial brands um in the industry um there's products i started selling my own products last year digital products like workbooks worksheets uh, I coach uh, people who want to start blogs. They in the Atlanta area, they can work with me one on one. And then I recently started doing courses, which has been really, really great and really fun. Um, and then on outside of that, I do some freelance writing work. Still, I don't consult digital marketing strategy so much anymore, but I still do a good bit of writing. And then the house I bought is an investment property, so I make an income from that. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's as, as we wrap it up, I think it's interesting that you do have multiple ways that you have income coming in. So if one of them starts to suffer a little bit, you still have other ways to bring stuff in. And I think that's key when you're starting out, especially if you're, you know, like you said, if you're a woman and you're trying to do something to affect your own economy, the only way that you're really going to get out of any debt is to either earn more or save more. And in order to save more, you got to earn more usually. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, you know, having different ways to actually earn that money is that you control, I think is key instead of just going out and trying to get another job. Absolutely. I always like to say that you're never going to coupon your way to a million dollars. I think that energy, because it takes a lot of energy to find the like rock bottom savings, um, mm-hmm. could be better spent building a business. No, that's absolutely true. Man, there's so much other stuff I want to talk about, but I know we're running out of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can do a part two. I'm always down to talk. Yeah, we, can, we can definitely do a part two. Lauren, this has been amazing. Where can people find you online? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm at financialbestlife.com and then across all platforms uh, at finbestlife. So look me up. Very cool. Guys, all of that stuff is going to be in the show notes. There's going to be links to uh, Lauren's site all of her social media where you can find her on the Twitter machine and every place else. And then you can definitely find her at FinCon this year, the financial bloggers conference. She's going to be there. Are you speaking? I haven't decided yet. I think I'm going to apply. You should talk. Thank you. Yeah, you should do a talk. I think you've got a really interesting story and it's, it's, you know, I mean, there's a lot of financial folks there that do the same kind of thing, which, Hey, if you're thinking about, Oh, there's too much competition. I go to a conference where they're all financial bloggers and there's, 
2,000 people there. So uh-huh. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Your story is your story, like you said. I uh, I just wanted to reiterate that because I get that a lot, too. It's like, oh, I don't know if I should start a podcast. I'm like, please. If you got a blog, there's a million blogs out there. You can still start one and be successful because you started, um, like you said, in what, 2009 was your blog? 2012. 2012. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... You know, people would think, oh, it's too late to start. No, it's never too late to start. Yeah, exactly. And here I go. I'm about to go into another conversation. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead into there. You have so much information. Thank you for coming onto the podcast and sharing your knowledge. Guys, definitely check out Lauren's site, financialbestlife.com. Uh, it's a great site. I've been having fun just kind of scrolling through it over the past couple of days coming up with all these kind of like questions in my head of what I wanted to talk about. And we got through just a little bit of it. So I'll definitely have to have Lauren back on the podcast. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. And I really do appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Had a great time talking to Lauren. That was a fun interview. You know, I love it when I get a chance to talk to millennials about the stuff they're doing and how they've gotten into business and her origin story. It was really interesting um, that she went to Facebook to get those first few clients. That's actually not something that I've done. I've not publicly announced that. And I think the thing that prevents us from wanting to do that is is the fear of being judged by people, not being hungry enough, um, just the, um, I guess, the connotation that comes with, you know, going to people that you know to let them know that you're in business, which is silly, because those very people may be some of the people that need your services. That you know, they need to know what you're doing. They they want to know what you're doing. Uh, it's funny, you know. It's just one of those things that you have to do, and you use the skills that you've got that you've learned on your job. If you're in a corporate environment, to you know, help you be better in business. The the two can be, as Lauren put it, have a symbiotic relationship. The thing that you do can actually help to enhance the thing that you want to do, or the thing that you're working on on the side. Your actual maybe passion project. For me, of course, it's podcasting and everything that has to do with podcasting. So, you know, I, I do a lot of stuff outside of uh, just recording the podcast that are within the industry, like enterprise sales stuff with Podbean and helping large companies do their thing and as far as podcasting internally. You know, one of the things that I've, I've done and one of the things my actually my oldest daughter does is video. One of the sponsors that I talked about today was Videoblocks. Uh, I actually talked about it at the very beginning of the show. Hopefully you heard that little announcement. Uh, Videoblocks came on to support the show. Number one, they didn't know I had a, a, another account with them on Graphic Stock, which is where I get my graphic stuff from. But for some video projects, I've used Videoblocks to provide that type of stuff. So, you know, when they invited me to come to their program through the, uh, actually the, the ad, the, um, advertiser marketplace on Podbean. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll talk about your company. Cause I already use it. I already use the stuff that you guys are, are putting out there. And I just never really thought to approach them as a sponsor, which is funny because I was talking about sponsorship in uh, my podcasting class that I teach at the uh, university of Missouri, St. Louis or UMSL for you St. Louis natives that listen to the show. We were, we were talking about, hey, look to your current things that you use, and those are the perfect things to approach for sponsorship or the perfect companies to approach about sponsorship. 
But Videoblocks, uh, you know, they reached out, I responded, and so now I'm talking about them here on the show. It's great, you know, when you if you need a video background or you need some stock footage. You know, one of the examples that they were talking about is like, hey, if you needed footage of the Statue of Liberty for some promotion you were doing for some client, would you be able to get it? What they've done is they've shot video footage of most of the major landmarks in the country. The arch is there for St. Louis. If I need to get a, you know, a sweep of the arch or something like that, I've got that. If I want to get the landscape or something like that, if I want to get Forest Park, they probably have that. I actually haven't looked for it, but I'm pretty sure that they do if I wanted to get footage of something. So Videoblocks is one of those companies where you use it if you're doing video projects for yourself or you're doing video uh, projects for your clients. It's just a really cool way to get stock video footage, sound effects for your podcast, images, all kinds of stuff out there. It's definitely a cool company to check out or I wouldn't be talking about them. So go out to videoblocks.com forward slash Ross. You'll be able to check them out and see what type of services they offer. I really do like the product and I would definitely recommend it at any point in time. And of course, I talked a little bit about Podbean, but I'll talk a little bit more because I wanted to make sure you guys know that you can go out there right now and get a 30-day free trial on me. I know, by the way, with that Videoblocks, if you go out to videoblocks.com forward slash Ross, that's a seven-day free trial. Go check it out. Download some footage, edit it. Everything is ready to be edited and ready for you. So it's really, really good stuff, and I do recommend it. But on the other end of that, when I was talking about Podbean, you can try it out right now, 30 days free. Podbean.com forward slash VR. That's huge because you get an entire month to try out podcasting to see if you really want to do it. And I recommend this for everyone that starts a podcast is to go out and check it out. Now, unfortunately, or actually, I guess it's fortunately, I wasn't able to like give that link to my class because I have a I have a policy of being, you know, host agnostic when I'm teaching at the university. So I don't recommend one hosting company over another. But um, of course, I do talk about Podbean because, you know, they're a client of mine. But I also talk about Lipson and all the other companies and, you know, the pluses and minuses of each one because I've actually used each one. But Podbean is one of those ones where they've got one of the most affordable plans out there for podcasters when they're first starting out. And it's unlimited audio, unlimited um, video if you get one of the higher programs. But their their base program that almost every podcaster uses, $9.99 a month if you pay you know a year in advance. It's like $108, which is nothing. It's going to take you about $200 to launch a podcast. The hosting taken care of, and you don't have to worry about limits. Definitely something you should check out. But anyway, I've talked about that long enough. Of course, you guys know that I have a book out. It is called Master Your Message, The Guide to Finding Your Voice in Any Situation. Go bite. <laughs> There's links uh, down you know, in the show notes for that. Definitely uh, make sure to check that out. If you have not checked that out yet, I'm looking at what I'm going to do next with the book. Um, there's some stuff coming up. I'm going to be at the Financial Bloggers Conference coming up here in October. That's going to be down in Dallas. And I'm actually going to be up in New York uh, the same week for a day. I believe it is the 23rd. So if you guys are in New York City and you want to do a quick meetup, you can meet me on the 23rd of October. 
that is coming up. I hardly ever date the podcast, but I do like to let people know when I'm going to be in the area, uh, wherever they are. So Dallas and, of course, New York that same week. And uh, just wanted to say real quickly, um, even though this is a seven minute, you know, outro, which you guys know, I hardly ever do a long outro. Uh, right now, the states have been hit with several hurricanes. Um, there was Harvey, there's Irma, there's, I think, Hurricane Jose or something like that. But uh, all my friends down in Florida uh, all my friends in Alabama and North Carolina or South Carolina, uh, particularly the Florida Keys and the Charleston areas, just praying for you guys. Hope that you guys get through this okay. I know there's been a lot of devastation, and I just wanted to make sure to mention that on the podcast to, hey, if you're in those areas and you can help out, help out. Um, praying for you guys, hoping that you guys make a swift recovery and that if you were affected by all of the uh, hurricanes and the storms, that it wasn't too bad and on, you only lost property and just a little bit of it and that you hopefully you weren't hit at all. Anybody in my listening audience didn't have any damage and everything was fine. But if you were, we are definitely praying for you here on the Social Strategy Podcast. And I just wanted to just say a couple words just to make sure that, hey, think about it. If you can help, go help. Donate to the Red Cross. I know they're raising money. Um, donate to the Salvation Army. They're also raising money. There are a lot of charities out there that are raising a lot of money to help out with this stuff. So do what you can. Um, there's no excuse to not help out. And with that, guys, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Uh, of course, you can reach me online, Vernon at VernonRoss.com, at RossPR on Twitter, Facebook. Nope, actually, Facebook. I'm Vern Ross. And on Instagram, I'm at Ross PR. So, oh, also on Snapchat at Ross PR. I am still doing the Snapchat thing, and it's it's actually fun. I love it. But I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. This is almost 10-minute outro, but I'm pretty sure you guys uh, will have patience and listen to the end. If you listen to the end, send me a tweet. I'll send you something. Maybe it'll be just a tweet back, but I'll do a little something special for you. Oh, yeah, and I'm playing around with Amazon Alexa uh, it's an Alexa skill. It's still in beta. If you want in on the beta, shoot me an email and uh, I'll send you a beta if you have an Amazon Alexa enabled device. Fun stuff I'm doing there. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here and I will see you in the next episode.